Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Peaceful off the pitch, potent on it. Paul Pogba is phenomenal, Martial is magnificent and Manchester United are too. Uh, welcome to Series 4, Episode 26 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Again, we are positive. Again, United have won 3-0 against Fulham, two goals from Pogba, one from Martial celebrating his new long-term contract at Old Trafford. Now, uh, we'll also give you a youth and loan roundup, as always, and an extensive preview of Manchester United's UEFA Champions League round of 16 game against Paris Saint-Germain, the first leg on Tuesday night at Old Trafford. We also speak to ESPN FC's Jonathan Johnson, uh, at John Legossip on Twitter, who is a prolific coverer of PSG and French football. So you can hear that interview kind of about halfway through the podcast. But for now, a little review of a another very enjoyable win in a very very windy Craven Cottage on in the early Saturday lunchtime kickoff and Jack um, another game where Paul Popper showed that he's world class and he is just breathtakingly good yeah it was yet another example of Pogba showing us just how good he can be for United under Solskjaer I, I was actually thinking before the game about maybe when this form that Pogba's in might come to an end or he might have a bad game and it just doesn't show any signs of that happening at the moment every game he seems to reach new heights. And it's not just that he's dictating the game so much. He's, that his goal contributions at the moment are absolutely crazy. I think he's averaging over one goal contribution per game under Solskjaer. And that that would be a, an insane return for a striker. Even even a striker who, you know, if they weren't involved in any of the general play, but were get, getting that many goal contributions, you'd say, oh, they're doing really well. Let alone for a midfielder who is dictating the game and the heartbeat of our team. To be getting that kind of, of output is is crazy. And he's, he's now proving to everyone what uh, we've been saying for a long time in that he can be an, a world-class midfielder and one of the very best players in the world. And at the moment, in, in this form, you'd have to be hard-pressed to find someone who would say that in this form he isn't one of the best players in the world. Yeah, he's even beginning to convince and win people round who were very angry with the fact that he wasn't trying his best 
under Marino, like many of the other Man United players um, who did the same under, under Moyes and Van Gaal. But Pogba in this form is just... I saw I saw multiple people tweeting this, so I can't credit only one of them just saying it, it was seriously like watching men against boys at the time. Pogba is just like the like the twenty seven year old professional footballer dad playing with like his nine year old kids football team on a Sunday. It's just ridiculous watching him just stroll through a Premier League team in the in the way that he does because the the technical and physical attributes that he has kind of mould together to form this absolutely unbeatable prospect. Yeah, the the transformation under, under Solskjaer has been crazy. And I Pogba is not not devoid of blame for what happened under under Mourinho. I did think I do think that he down tools. He wasn't the only one at all. But now what in some ways I just think why are we worrying about that? Because ultimately the whole situation around Mourinho was toxic. It wasn't just Pogba that was that was creating that situation. As we've said for months and months now the whole situation was down to the the board the the staff and the club Mourinho the players everyone was involved in in making it like that and but why are we so worried about it I don't really care what what happened before I don't really care what Pogba was playing like three or four months ago I care about how well he's playing in in the last 10 games and he's been an absolute world beater yeah and I was reading something interesting this week someone linked an article on Twitter from a few years ago, I think in 2016, just after he joined United or maybe just before, about wanting to be, about Popper saying he wanted to be a new kind of midfielder, not a box-to-box Vieira, not a technical Iniesta, not just a simply brilliant uh, Zidane, but bits of all of them together. And in this form, that's exactly what, what Popper shows. The finish at Fulham was was just phenomenal from that tight angle. The goalkeeper probably should have done better, but um, the the speed at which he makes the decisions that he does and pulls them off is is amazing. The assists elsewhere in the last 10 or 11 games and the hold-up play, the the storming runs, the the brilliant technique, it's, it's all there at the moment. Um, and he is just... It's just a joy to watch, and I I haven't had this feeling that we've had some some great players over the last few years, despite some some bad, well, many bad results. Um, Robin van Persie was amazing to watch. Uh, there were there were bits of things that players who we haven't liked that much have have been amazing. Angel Di Maria, um, Wayne Rooney's done some incredible stuff over the last six seven years, but I haven't had this feeling um, watching a United player of this just consistent where he just simply takes your breath away uh, in in the way that Cristiano Ronaldo did. And I don't think he's as impactful or as good as Cristiano Ronaldo at the moment and certainly doesn't share the same status. But Pogba at the moment, is it it's like watching a, a player who is a, a world apart. Absolutely. He looks like a, a cut above anyone else on the pitch. And it, it's that word consistency that you mentioned that's the key because we've seen Pogba put in maybe not quite this good, but very, very good performances in his three seasons at United. Uh, you know the one that springs to mind to me straight away is the uh, Everton away. I don't know if it was last season. I think it was uh, when he played out on the left and he just completely mm. ran the game. He dominated Everton from start to finish. But the key is that consistency. We've never seen him do it week in week out, and it is still a relatively small sample size of, of only ten games under Solskjaer. But so far, you couldn't have asked him to do any more because every single week he's turned up and pre- pretty much without fail has been the best player on the park. And that has been true in every single game under Solskjaer so far that Pogba's played. He has been absolutely brilliant from from start to finish. And it, we we just need it to continue now. That, that's all we can really ask. I, I, I'm with you. I haven't had this kind of feeling about a United player in a long time. And it's probably the first time you'd say, probably since 
Van Persie was destroying the Premier League in, in 2013, that we've had a truly world-class player, or an outfield player, because obviously we've had De Gea, but a truly world-class outfield player operating at their peak. And that mm. is exactly what Pogba's doing at the moment. Yeah, and obviously we say all this with the caveat that he has to keep it up um, for at least the rest of this season and going into the next two or three seasons to be truly known as as a, as a great Man United player, even if he's not remembered as a great, but to be remembered as one of the best players United have had over the last few years. Um, so yeah, he has to keep it up and we have to see this as uh, probably still remains just on the on the back end of the the Solskjaer honeymoon period so there's always that caveat but um at the moment he's phenomenal to watch and, and someone else who is amazing to watch is Anthony Martial um who at the moment is to me is showing that he could be even better than we have ever thought um because we all had high expectations for Martial after his first season where he scored 17 goals as a as a teenager for Louis van Gaal's United but at the that the, the qualities that he's showing the ruthlessness he's showing and the some of the attributes that we're seeing from Martial as uh, Solskjaer has been bringing in comparisons to Ronaldo something which we we have said on this podcast about Rashford recently but it was it was Martial against Fulham uh, who looked in the in the Ronaldo mold that goal was sensational and, and so Ronaldo S just storming through a Premier League defence and and I don't think Martial will ever be as good as Ronaldo I don't think anyone anyone in the United's team will ever reach those levels but Martial I think to me is proving that he could be better than I expected him to be in, in the next two or three years Yeah I I, I think he's definitely improved so much whether he, he looks better than I ever thought he would be I don't know after his first season I had very high hopes I, I guess he definitely seems like he can get to a, a much higher point than I thought he could six months ago Without a doubt, he looks like he's playing so well, and he looks yeah. like he's enjoying his football. And as we've seen from Martial's career at United, he is a confidence player. And once he gets into a groove, he can put in three or four or five very, very good performances on the bounce. We've, we're seeing that now under Solskjaer. And again, it's it's the same thing with everyone in our team at the moment. It's X player is playing really well. Can they keep it up until the end of the season? Can they take it into next season? And that's going to be the challenge for us moving forward because. Like you said, this is still sort of the, the back end of, of Solskjaer's honeymoon period, kind of getting through these this run of relatively easy fixtures that we've had, then coming into sort of the, the crunch time of the season. So it's all going to be on the players to keep this up. But Martial has been, has been playing great. I mean, he, he's, I think the ruthlessness is, is really the thing that's changed the most with Martial since Solskjaer has come in. He looks so much more direct going forward. When he gets the ball one-on-one -on -one against someone, he doesn't want to just come inside and try and play it into Matic or Herrera or Pogba or whoever it might be. He just wants to go past them. And it's helped. The movement around him helps so much. Uh, there was a, a point yesterday for... Uh, I can't remember. It might, it might have been for Pogba's goal, actually. There's one point I remember really, really vividly when Martial had the ball sort of around the edge of Fulham's box and Pogba was making a run, run forward. Lukaku was peeing off to the back post. And then you had Shaw bombing forward on the overlap as well. And although that might not be Martial doing things on his own those options around him make his life so much easier because it just affords him that little bit more space so it is it is down to Martial making the most of those opportunities making most of the space that he has and being so ruthless like he was for his goal but it also comes from everyone else creating opportunities for everyone around them because if you don't have all those runners Fulham can just put three or four uh, players around Martial, crowd him out and force him backwards, which is exactly what was happening under Mourinho. We just yeah. didn't have enough forward runners. I think the, the uh, I think it was actually 
uh, point made on match of the day after the the highlights of the United game is that the the one weakness in Martial's game. Um, particularly notable in comparison to Alexis Sanchez, who I think was not great against Fulham again, but um, when he came on. But is the the one thing Sanchez is good at is often finding the the good cross, yeah, the good delivery into the box. And I think Martial's ball into the box isn't isn't yet perfect. His decision making isn't yet perfect, and he is certainly at his best when he has the ball at his feet after a ball over the top when he's running off the shoulder of the defenders or running into the face of the defenders, isolating them as he isolated Skirtle on his debut, he's, he's, he's less good as a, a provider of chances, a provider of crosses. In fact, yeah, he's, he's much a, more of a sort of an inside wide forward, which is a yeah. phrase I don't I don't really like, but that's the only way I can describe it. He's definitely not a you know a traditional wide player like like Beckham. But he, he can provide chances. He he can create chances. Oh but yeah. It's not he he won't. I don't think he'll do that from a, a floated cross into the box. It'll be cutting back with a, a drilled ball across the floor that someone like Rashford or Lukaku can tap in from five or six yards out. That's the kind of chance that Martial creates. It's not the cut back in the Alexis Sanchez style and float a ball over the top for Lukaku to head in, Rashford to head in, whoever Pogba to head in. Um, and that's probably the one weakness in his game. But um, 106 appearances for United and and 33 goals, 17 assists, so 50 goal contributions in 106 games. So uh, given how many of those games have been substitute appearances under Mourinho and and various times, um, it's it's, it's very impressive. Um, Last person we'll speak about before moving on to to preview the Paris Saint-Germain game and hear from Jonathan Johnson is Ander Herrera. Cozzy DT tweeted in on, on, on Twitter, unsurprisingly, given that he tweeted, um, said, uh, not really a question, but I think Ander Herrera has been completely underrated under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's breaking up players much as Matic, turning players to make space and, and making the right passes. And I think that's very true. Um, I think we mentioned this on, on perhaps the last podcast, maybe two two or three podcasts ago, the fact that Herrera is looking like the player that we, we saw when Athletic Bilbao beat us in the Europa League I think in 2012 under Alex Ferguson and the player who we saw under Louis van Gaal and that Marino tried to turn him into destroyer uh, and that sometimes worked like when he was man-marking in Hazard very well but Herrera is looking like the player that we, we know Herrera should be and that is a, is a is one of the big changes under Solskjaer and that settled midfield is such a big change Herrera, Matic, Pogba so yeah I think that's a fair point Yeah it's a really good point Herrera has been great under Solskjaer and I think it partly it goes back to having a bit more license to go forward because even though he has done well defensively, he has done well alongside Matic breaking up the play. It hasn't all just been about Herrera playing defensively. Like I said last week, Herrera kind of got turned in, into this really combative defensive midfielder under Mourinho that was only used to kind of rough up other players. And that was never actually his game when he came to United. He's still very, very good going forward. And I noticed that on Saturday against Fulham that he was much, much more willing to get forward. If ever we got a counter-attack, he was often one of the midfielders pushing forward to try and join in. There were a couple of times when I thought he could have been slipped in uh, by Martial as as they were running forward. But it was just really nice to see Herrera get forward a lot more. And his role in that that three-man midfield is so, so important because he does a lot of the dirty work. He, He has been very good defensively. And he's often the one, kind of the point person for starting a lot of our attacks, getting the ball forward into either the wide players or into Pogba. And it... It, you know, it's not kind of sexy work that he's doing. It's not something that's going to grab a lot of headlines, but it's so, so important for us as we go, as we try and launch attacks. It's so important to have Herrera there and to have that sort of double insurance policy when Herrera doesn't go forward of having him and Matic in, in midfield. 
And Herrera playing there also gives Matic so much of an easier time as well because he was really, really struggling before Solskjaer came in. He's just not... I just don't think he has the legs anymore to, to play as a holding midfielder all on his own. And having someone alongside him, just having anyone alongside him helped. But having Herrera, who is so willing to to do a lot of the dirty work, has helped Matic play so much better as well. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, The settled nature of this team is, is the most important and uh, also the most worrying for the people like Fred, Andreas Pereira, Alexis Sanchez and Romelu Lukaku to an extent as well. But for, for us as fans, it's, it was just... Uh, another fantastic day and for a brilliant away support again um, and, and you can see why there just truly is a buzz back at Manchester United for for these games for the big games and everyone is properly looking forward to Tuesday night um, which we'll move on to after the, the youth loan and, and women's roundup. but it's just that feeling that you come off the back of that Fulham game and you think when's the next game when can I watch United again rather than this is going to be laborious. This is going to be tedious and and dull and uh, groan inducing and 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 make me frustrated for the whole weekend. That is the the big change under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the moment. Now, Anthony Alanga scored a late equaliser for United's under 18s in a one one draw with Liverpool in the under eighteen Premier League uh, early in the week. Uh, the under eighteen to beat Everton one nil in a fierce contest, which involved a couple of uh, minor scraps. Dylan Levitt scored a penalty in the 89th minute that was won by Mason Greenwood. In low news, the biggest news was that Zach Durnley scored his first senior goal on his first senior game in professional football on loan at Oldham Athletic against Crawley Town. So goal on his debut, pretty good. He's set to be managed by Paul Scholes as well, who looks likely to be announced as Oldham manager on Tuesday. Obviously, we hope the pair of them do very well. Now, in the women's team, United lost to Arsenal in the Continental Cup semi-final. A a loss for United, but uh, very impressive to reach that stage in, in the club's first season. Uh, as having a women's team again, Arsenal, one of the most well-established and, and successful women's sides in the in the country um, and could only win 2-1 against United that have played together for six or seven months is, is very impressive. So huge progress in the, in the women's team already and they're doing very well and, and there was good support um, in London at Boreham Woods with United's women's team, which was good to say as well. Now, we're delighted to be joined by Jonathan Johnson, who uh, is a prolific writer for ESPN and a prolific coverer of Paris Saint-Germain and Ligue 1 in France. Um, Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Um, And coming into this game, it seemed when the draw was first made that PSG had a very good chance of having some success in the Champions League knockout stages. And now suddenly things have all changed. And can you enlighten us about PSG's recent trials and tribulations on the injury table uh thanks for having me on yeah it, well a lot has changed over the last couple of months since the draw was made i mean first and foremost uh united have changed coach no more jose Mourinho, uh, and obviously things looking a lot lot brighter under oregon uh then psg losing neymar the, the the french press the psg fans were already feeling pessimistic enough uh once neymar was ruled out uh, but then to have the double late blow of losing Edinson Cavani and Thomas Mounier, uh, you know, that, that has really uh, got got people worried uh, and concerned for PSG's chances of advancing uh, in the, uh, you know, over the, over the two legs. Uh, at this moment in time, uh, it seems likely that PSG are going to be without Neymar and Cavani over both legs. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if, uh, if, if Cavani can... Uh, can make it back for the for the Parc des Princes uh, match, but at this moment in time, it seems quite likely that both will miss out. Munier should be back for the home game, uh, but obviously it makes the it makes it a massive challenge for for PSG going to Old Trafford, uh, trying to get a result 
with, without you know two of your three star attacking talents. Uh, and I, 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 th- I think that it, it makes it makes the challenge uh, obviously a lot harder for for Thomas Tuchel. But at the same time, the, the the mission remains the same. You know, for PSG, they have to beat Manchester United over two legs, uh, and coming away from Old Trafford, even with Neymar. Uh, and Cavani would have been seen as a would have been seen as a positive result, especially after United's recent upturn in form. And who are the replacements that will come in for Neymar and Cavani in that front three? I mean, uh, Thomas Tuchel's uh, starting eleven is always very difficult to predict. He likes to uh, <laughs> play around. You know, he's very innovative tactically. Uh, but I think that we will see him make the most of the the attacking talents that he still has uh, available to him because he does still have you know some very uh, very gifted players. Uh, United fans will know all about Angel Di Maria. Obviously, Kylian Mbappe is still there to lead the line, uh, and Julian Draxler as well could come in. Uh, I I think the, the the issue that Tuchel might have is that he probably would prefer uh, to go with a four two three one formation that uh, would would enable PSG to be very dangerous in the counter attack. But without Munier there, uh, and and obviously with with one wide man in Neymar uh, missing, uh, it it basically dictates that Dani Alves is going to have to play some role, whether it be in the midfield uh, or even further up, sort of um, as almost as a, a right wing back ahead of uh, Tilo Kara, who's a centre back who will probably play at right back to give the defence a bit more solidity. So I certainly expect that uh, in Neymar and Cavani's absence, uh, you know that Di Maria Drexler. Uh, we'll pick up the slack and try to to feed uh, Bappe the balls that he needs uh, to to put the ball in the back of the net at least once in Manchester. And how I mean, Cavani's only recently been been ruled out in in PSG's last game, but how have they been without Neymar thus far? I mean, it's very difficult to judge PSG so far um, since the start of 2019. They were they were quite leggy towards the end of 2018. That's understandable. Uh, and then they went away to Qatar um, for for a mid-season uh, training camp, which which doubled as a you know quite a quite a lucrative PR exercise. Uh, and after that, there's always the risk of when you when you are somewhere that's so warm coming back to somewhere that's as cold as Paris is in the winter uh, that there are always going to be muscular issues. We saw that immediately because it was just after PSG had gone to Qatar that Verratti picked up his sprained ankle, which he has managed to overcome, which is a big big boost. Um, but in terms of form, I mean, they, they got taken to extra time uh, by third-tier opponents in the Coupe de France recently, so obviously that's not particularly positive. Uh, only managed a 1-0 win against Bordeaux, although I would say you know that's not too bad considering the number of changes that Tuchel made. Uh, and then they're thumping teams like Gengel. Uh, 9-0 in the league but also going out to them in the in the, in the the Coupe de la Ligue so it's, it's been a very mixed bag of results so far so it's actually quite difficult to judge them uh, on their 2019 form but the thing that I would warn United about is to look at the progress that PSG have made since they lost uh, very late on against Liverpool in the opening match of the group stages because since then PSG have developed into a different beast uh, on the continental scene they showed great grit when they were away at Napoli uh, and and again uh, in in Belgrade against Red Star in the final match of the group stage. You know to come from where PSG were, especially after being held at home by Napoli, uh, to win that group was a, was a very impressive achievement. Uh, you know and I think PSG will be buoyed by that because crucially, Thomas Tuchel has turned PSG from a from a, a collective of very fine individual talents that don't always play as a team. Uh, you know to one that even when Neymar. Uh, and Cavani are present. Uh, I mean, it's a bit harsh to, to criticise Cavani on that front because he is somebody who always puts the team first. 
Neymar not so much, but this season that's not the case. He's you know he's been very much uh, a team player as well, very invested, uh, and the the team spirit that Thomas Tuchel has created has been something that's you know really really impressed and is arguably the biggest positive of the season so far. And just because Neymar and Cavani and Munier are not there, I don't think that will have completely evaporated. And where do you think Manchester United can hurt PSG? not just with the the absences, but in general as a team. And I think the real key position that United have to absolutely dominate if they want to beat PSG over the two legs uh, is in midfield. And the best time to hit PSG in the midfield will be in the first leg. Verratti is only half fit, so I would be extremely surprised if he plays all 90 minutes. Uh, and Leandro Paredes has only just joined. So I think in terms of team chemistry, Tuchel will probably start him on the bench, which means that we'll see Marquinhos uh, playing in this makeshift defensive midfield role. Now he gives it his best uh, and no one can, no one can criticize him for that. You know, as, as Thiago Silva said recently in an interview, uh, Marquinhos takes one for the team when he plays in defensive midfield because he's filling a role that, uh, you know, PSG with, with Adrian Rabiot sort of off limits to Tuchel at the moment because of his contract situation that nobody else wants to play. So, uh, I think that, uh, a, a midfield, uh, that, that sort of hinges on Verratti and Marquinhos is something that United really would have to capitalize on in the first leg because I expect by the time the second comes around, Verratti and Paredes are probably going to be ready to, to rock and roll. Mm. And before I let you go and enjoy the, the joys of Dusseldorf Airport on a, on a connection, um, how are United now under Solskjaer um, and in general at the moment? How are United viewed by the, the French and, and European media? I mean, obviously, the, you know, their, their, their upturn in form uh, has, has, has been impressive, has impressed the, the French. I think, I think the one thing that I would say is that a lot of people have been looking at what's been happening. Uh, and although... The French press uh, and a lot of French football fans, PSG fans in general, are, are very quick to be pessimistic uh, when it comes to PSG's chances in Europe, but also many French clubs' chances in Europe. Uh, you know, I, I think that they will also look at the matches that United have had uh, since Solskjaer took over from Mourinho, uh, and they will be very wary that United have looked impressive and obviously have looked, uh, you know, a much different uh, beast under Solskjaer but haven't actually truly been tested just yet. Uh, and I think that although, you know, it's not ideal for PSG with Neymar, Cavani and Munier missing, uh, I still think that, that PSG will be a sterner test than, than the, most of the teams that United have come up against since Solskjaer took over. So, I, you know, I think that there is a feeling in France that there is perhaps a little bit of complacency uh, or overconfidence on the, on the United side at the moment based on, the good form that they've been enjoying since Solskjaer took over uh, and, you know, the fact that they haven't really come up against a team with the, the calibre of talent that, that, that PSG boasts. Mm, so positives and uh, wariness for United fans going into into this leg and, and the next leg. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, remind us where we can we can find you on Twitter for more information on PSG. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, uh, I think the best place for anyone to find me uh, is on Twitter, so at uh, John Legosip, so that's J-O-N underscore L-E-G-O-S-S-I-P. Now, Jack, the the big deal, I mean, Fulham was, was a good win, but the big deal is Paris Saint-Germain on Tuesday, the first leg of the round of 16, and just the first United game competitively against PSG ever. Um, but the I think this game, more than any other, shows the, the change over the last two months. Um We've just heard from from Jonathan Johnson, who was talking about how, I mean, how when the draw was made, 
Paris Saint-Germain were, were clear favourites. They were looking forward to playing United because it was one of the easier draws they could get. And yet now, United with confidence, the players with confidence. You can hear comments from David De Gea, Alexis Sanchez during the week who have said that they are confident they should be. And, and we are as fans too. And in this form, who can really blame us? Um, Cavani out, Neymar out, Thomas Munier out with concussion. Verratti has played only 60 minutes in the last month, I think, and is unlikely to be able to play any more than an hour at Old Trafford. Um, and I think many United fans feel that we're now slight favourites. I think that's probably slight overconfidence because PSG remain a, a very, very good sign with Kylian Mbappe up front and Di Maria Verratti for, for much of the game and, and a decent defence and, and good goalkeeper. But they're, they're, the change is just enormous. And um, how are you feeling going into the game? I was absolutely dreading this game when the draw came out. I was when when we got drawn against PSG. I was normally I'd be really happy with a draw like this, kind of the same as when we got Juve in the group stages. Because getting up for a game like this is is such a great feeling. But it was part of me that was absolutely dreading it because I thought we were we could be losing six, seven, eight nil over the course of two legs against PSG. So much has changed since then, and now these two clubs are in such different places. Obviously, we we know everything that's happened at United, but for PSG, you know, with all the injuries that they have. We couldn't, we couldn't have asked for a better set of circumstances to have when we're coming into a game against PSG. I, I still wouldn't have us as favourites. I think that's getting a little bit too over-eager, especially over two legs. But listen, we're definitely not the kind of underdogs that we were when the draw came out. I would be very, very surprised if both legs aren't very tight affairs. And I think, especially at home, you know, I think we need we need to win at Old Trafford to stand any any real chance. I think beating PSG... At home will be tough. But if we can come out of Old Trafford with a win, especially if we can keep a clean sheet, that would be massive. Because then one away goal at the Parc de Prince would change the, the whole complexion of the tie. So I think any any win is a good result, but arguably more importantly, any any result with a clean sheet would, would be huge for us. And I, I can't wait. It's it's going to be great. Yeah, I think United win need to win at Old Trafford and not concede. I think it's a big thing. A 1-0 win would be very good. A 2-0 win would obviously be amazing. Yeah. But I think a 2-1 win would still leave PSG as, as pretty strong favourites, uh, particularly if they can welcome back Cavani, which still looks unlikely, but they could definitely still have uh, Verratti and Munio likely to be in, in, in full fitness by the time for the second leg. So I think 2-1 would still leave PSG as favourites, but 1-0 United would, would be big and obviously 2-0 would be, would be huge. But yeah, it's, it's just the fact that we're, we are going in so confident the fact that we're talking about how much we can win by the fact that we can win at home and the fact um, that we don't want to concede at home. It just shows how much stronger the, the defence have got. I think PSG yeah, has still a side to be to be feared. Mbappe is, is ridiculous and the quality in their team is still huge. Di Maria could well come back to haunt us, which is a, a fear as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Di Maria coming back and having a revenge game would would just be an awful, awful sight for any United fan. I'll be interested to see what kind of reception he gets, actually, because I think most United fans are just pretty ambivalent towards him. I don't think many people really care about him too much at this point. Um, so I'll be interested to see what kind of reaction he gets at Old Trafford. I just can't wait for the game. It's probably, without a doubt, the most excited I've been for a European game that United have been involved in in a long, long time. You probably have to go back, I guess, to the final of the Europa League. But even that... Although it was a final, although how I was very excited for it, it's just something different about being in the Champions League and playing against a club like PSG. 
it, I, it's just going to be such a great a great night. And if we can get a win, especially with a clean sheet, I mean, then going to the Parc des Princes is going to be yeah, it's going to be one of the most important games we've had in quite a few years. Yeah, that that second leg could be huge, and it, it's a huge few weeks for United and for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We haven't spoken about whether he should be made United manager because there's no need to. We'll do that at the end of the season. Now, we do have one question. Uh, Ike Ugoala says, how did you feel when you saw Man City force-feed Chelsea a whopping defeat? Um, do you feel there is now a better chance for us than ever to get back at them for recent heavy defeats from Chelsea? We lost 4-0 um, and 3-0 in the last few seasons, I think. We've got Chelsea in the cup, which has slightly been put on the back burner because of PSG at the moment but it's still a huge game I think that's Monday next Monday so a week's time on the on the 18th of February away from home I don't think there's there's much chance of us causing a a whopping defeat um, as City have done at Stamford Bridge which has never been a good ground for United and Chelsea have been our bogey team before even the investment of Roman Abramovich before in the, in the 1990s as well so I don't think there's a there's ever a great chance of us smashing Chelsea to be honest I agree I don't I don't think there's any any real chance of us inflicting the same kind of defeat they just had against Man City and that's not just because of us I think it's also because of Chelsea I'm assuming that under the kind of pressure they're under Sari and and the team will probably come out a lot more defensive try and sit back control the game a little bit slow down the tempo but and like you said our record at Stamford Bridge is just so bad historically I think I'm pretty sure we have the worst winning percentage against Chelsea of any team in the Premier League. It was, I think, they were the one team that even Sir Alex Ferguson had a didn't have a, a positive record against. Yeah, so, a massive bogey team. Yeah, yeah, and, and it always has been. Even before, to be fair, even before Chelsea became you know proper title challengers, it's always they've always been a bogey team for us. So, also, I just it, don't, I don't really enjoy playing Chelsea. I look nah. forward to. I don't particularly enjoy playing City either. I, I properly look forward to games against Liverpool um, I same goes for, for games against Arsenal City I'm always just too nervous for particularly in the last five or six years because they've been genuinely good and we've had not an amazing record against them whereas Liverpool we've we've done pretty well against but Chelsea I've, I don't think I've ever looked I think the one game I've looked forward to against Chelsea was probably the when we won the league I think it must have been 2009 and I was going to the game. I think Hernandez scored after 53 seconds to pretty much win us the title that season. So I look forward to that game. But again, that was that was full of nerves. So I, I never really look forward to watching United-Chelsea. But this one probably will because um, Monday night, which is another absolute farce uh, by the schedulers having yeah. United fans having to travel down to Arsenal on a Friday night and then Chelsea on a on a Monday night which is completely needless but there we go uh, but yeah it should it should be a good game but PSG's the big one at the moment and and Michael Byatt says on Twitter is anyway someone can convince Chelsea to keep Sarri until after uh, the United game and I mean I don't think he'll he'll be sacked before before the United game but uh, yeah we don't we don't want them to be rejuvenated by a new manager anything else before we wrap up no not particularly just can't wait. This is, I mean, these these are the kind of weeks that what do you support United for, you know? Going into a Champions League game against PSG, then a FA Cup tie against Chelsea. These are the kind of weeks you live for as, as a fan, and I, I just can't wait. I I've not been this excited. I, I said a few a few weeks ago that under Mourinho, 
the passion for supporting United was almost being sucked out of out of people as as we were watching the team, and now does come back with a vengeance, and I'm just so excited for this week. Yeah, and and we kind of I think both of us kind of felt a little bit bad, and I think a lot of United fans felt that. Um, it's it's nothing to do with how much you care about United. It's it, you can't help but stop feeling that emotion as much when things are so negative. Not just results, but the the manner of performances and the the manner yeah. of, of issues off the field you cannot help but start to lose that emotion to a certain extent i think i think the, I think the big thing was just how repetitive it all became yeah. as well because you kind of knew what was coming all the time it was like oh great we've we've beaten liverpool but i'm not going to get too excited because in two weeks we'll probably lose to burnley yeah and it was just the same thing over and over the same problems Whereas now it feels like exciting. You feel like anything could happen. Yeah. And and that's a really refreshing feeling to have. You both can't help yourself losing that that feeling for United to us. It's always it's always that underlying desperation to see United do well. That's uh, always a base level. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. That proper care. And then you, you can't help but feel the excitement at the moment. It's just impossible to avoid the current buzz and if you're going on Tuesday night I'll be there at Old Trafford and I've been looking forward to this for about a month now and that's not something I would have thought um, two or three months ago one month ago even and yeah just under the lights in the Stratford end against Paris Saint-Germain one of Europe's big clubs at the moment in the Champions League United with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the helm it's just it's it's dreamy stuff and then Chelsea, as you said, in the, in the FA Cup after that. Um, for more from Jack throughout the week, since that's all we have time for on this episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, you can find Jack on Twitter at... At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at, at HarryRobinson64 on the podcast itself at, at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the game if you're going. Uh, enjoy watching it, uh, hearing the Old Trafford crowd who will surely be in good voice and hopefully watching Ole Gunnar Solskjaer mastermind his first European victory at the helm of Manchester United. Have a great week. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.